0: So Gerardo thanks for uh, joining us today. Um so Gerardo you are the head of data science for Lantern AI which is an exciting tech uh, startup business um which is building an innovative uh, data platform around private equity data. Uh, so it'd be really great to understand a little bit more about the work you're doing there today. Um and uh yeah delve a little bit further into your into your role. Um prior to Lantern you have been uh you know a senior data professional in, in a multitude of different organizations and companies you've also founded several of your own ventures as well so clearly you have a, a very strong entrepreneurial uh streak and, and flair to your experience. So um yeah obviously a wealth of experience to share with us today. So really interested to to delve into it and uh and hear a little bit more about your journey as a data leader. um but in the first instance you know it'd be great to just hear a little bit about your background um you know how you got into into tech and data in the first place and uh yeah we can can go from there.
1: yeah excellent yeah so basically yeah, yeah i can yeah i can explain my my background so basically i'm yeah, uh, as an undergrad i, I did uh electrical engineering but then from there, I went to do my master's and P- PhD at MIT. Um, that, that was in, in electrical engineering and computer science. It's just a big department that, that does pretty much everything. But one of the great things about MIT is that allows you to go for, uh, around different departments on, on the, on the electrical engineering and computer science uh, arena. and one of the areas where i spent uh, yeah yeah a couple of years was basically being a research assistant at the ai lab at, uh, from mit at that time that was in the late 90s and uh yeah basically doing doing um yeah, research on statistical learning analysis etc so that that was that was pretty interesting but at the end of my careers uh, in, in academia, I didn't know my PhD. I basically decided to move into the industry. And one of the areas I was hiring a lot of people at the time was uh, the, the finance industry. And London being a, a big area of, of finance, uh, I decided to get a job in finance in London as a quantitative analyst initially, strategist. I started working at, uh, at what was then Salomon, Salomon Brothers now is Citigroup, yeah, working working with, under Antti Ilmanen, who's uh, is, yeah, is again, it's a big name in in uh, in asset uh, yeah asset return analysis, and then from there I started to drift more into into the kind of uh, fundamental portfolio management and uh, and 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 a strategy, but, yeah, from from Salomon I I went to Work at a hedge fund called uh, Corruican called Hedge Fund, where they did macro macro hedge fund analysis. And from there, I moved to J.P. Morgan to be part of the of the CIO portfolio man- management. Where they basically they what they do is was to the purpose was to 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 invest the excess deposits of the of J.P. Morgan, and then around 2015 i started to get restless because i noticed that all this ai war, war was exploding again yeah for a while basically from the late 90s to the yeah to 2010 like that, we suffered this this uh ai winter basically where everything all the theory that had been developed during, yeah during the 80s and 90s was not being fully applied and, and and other techniques were were more successful to yeah in 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 getting results, yeah, but yeah, around 2010, basically, you started to hear all this noise about uh, companies like, uh, like uh, Google, well, what now is Google, Google DeepMind, and how they have used all all, all these uh, techniques to, to, yeah, to to create the machines that were able to to beat the. The world champion of Go. I mean, that was a, a huge thing. Basically, we, we we were under the impression that Go was one of one of these areas that we're, were going to belong to the humans for for a long period of time. And basically, yeah, I got really excited after that. And I decided to go back to my roots, so to my uh, roots, and trying to understand what 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 were the new theories and new things that have been developed since since I left academia. And when I started to read all the papers, all all the everything that that was that was happening, basically, I kind of realized that the that most of the commercial applications still use the same theory from when when I have learned with 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 some with some with, with some, uh, with some uh, a set of improvements, things that allow allow the allow the machine learning system to be. Yet, yet, to be optimized in, in, in a a robust way. But the the huge uh, game changer was the the well, just the as as more as more laws uh, stage basically the, the the huge increase in computing power, on one hand, and the huge availability of data on the other hand. So on yeah, so so on one hand, if you have a a a system like a a close. Uh, game like a god now the computer power allow you to to generate uh, millions or of simulations that can be they used to train a huge neural network on, on one side on the other side if you, now the internet allowed people to have access to millions of uh, of images that then can be used to train a neural network to identify what what what, what is the meaning and, of, of those images and basically that that was that for me seemed to be the huge uh, differentiator that allowed these this this these techniques to really overcome the other traditional uh, statistics techniques that so far had uh, had 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 been uh, better at at doing the same tasks. But basically, yeah, giving the ability of both the uh, data and, and computer power, mm-hmm. basically now you 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 have the ability to create these huge uh, systems that. That could really outperform the, the the traditional systems, and 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 this really goes back then drills down to this point of data. So basically, what I understood is that all yeah the theory seems to be common, the, the technique seems to be common. Basically, you can go now to Google Google Cloud and, and pretty much uh, hire the the, the the cloud computing power to train whatever you want but the key differentiator is the availability of data mm-hmm. so and this is one of one of the things that the uh, the the academic group at Stanford managed to do very well basically they, they, they well, one of the key points was that they decided to to start this this project in which they take they took millions of pictures and and then they had the humans manually tagging all of them and this is what gave them all the power to be able, yeah, to be able to, to again train these new new systems. And we have the same thing now with uh, these uh, open image data sets, like the ones that are like the Lion data set. Basically, all many of these data sets are have been gathered now. Now, now they have more than. Yeah, they, 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 I think they have billions of of of, uh, of, of classified uh, and tag uh, I- images. M- most of them by humans, and uh, and, and and those some of so those have been used by by some companies just to be able to train the systems and then gener- create all these all these uh, commercially av- available available tools that people now can use to to create uh, beautiful images like yeah, still diffusion and. And mid uh, and mid journey. So the key point was was the data. And then when I was, well, you, you asked me about my my data journey. So basically, as I say, I, I had the I had the academic background from my PhD. Then I had had a lot in finance, um, and then I decided to yeah to go back and, and relearn everything. All, all yeah the latest uh, uh, coin. Collective technology that, that could be used on, on databases, etc. But, but what I decided to do then is basically to stop working at J.P. Morgan and then and then become acquainted on that. And the best way to get acquainted on that is yes, basically yeah, either by by yeah, joining a startup or, or or becoming a consultant for for hedge funds and banks. And I did both. I, I joined a startup. I, I became a consultant for. For funds on how how they could use these techniques for their own purposes, the consultancy part only really is uh, is under multiple layers of NDA, so I cannot talk a lot about that. But on the uh, on yeah on, on the on, on the startup that uh, that I joined, basically basically what we're we're doing was the was to use the available the availability of uh, of financial data that is, is is public but it tends to be hidden on the layers of uh, uh of very weird uh, very arcane kind of formatting so that doesn't allow pe- really p- people to to follow and, and understand the how to take uh, advantage of that and basically my goal at the time was what well, take all all this data and then translate into into something that could be used by the front end uh, desks of uh, of these hedge funds and banks, and that, that in particular, I was I, I was pretty good at that because I, I I was able to switch my 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 hats because I had because I had been one of one of these users. I I understood what is what what they really wanted, which is one one of the things that usually yeah people in. In, in the industry need to know, which is 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 that at the end of the day, the end user, they want to know how they're going to make money out of, the, of this. So this, this is a very straightforward kind of a question from hedge funds. They say, okay, well, all this is beautiful, but how I'm making, what, what, what is the trade that's going to be, allow me to make money? And this is what they want to see. They want to see very something very specific. So how, what is the action that's going to allow me to increase my profit? And then the it, it, it must be something similar in every every single industry. At the end of the day, you have to bring all this information and then provide a specific action that is going to optimize the the, the profits. And it's, that is something that is only possible to show to them if, if 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 the data scientist understands the the industry in which they are working. And this is yeah, and this is probably one of the. Problems that young data scientists might have because they they are very well versed on 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 the statistics. They're well versed in computing, but sometimes they don't understand the business, and vice versa, the business might not understand how they can use this data. So it's very important that I mean it, it's it's difficult to, to to find people that are able to do both things at once so instead of done what, what is necessary is to create teams in which people can talk to each other so they have a certain amount of understanding of one area so they can t- talk to the other area about how to how to create a system that is, is able to optimize profits but yeah but, but basically yeah but going back to that basically yeah i was in the middle of, of consulting to, for hedge funds and and banks, and, and this is when I received a call yeah, at the beginning of, of 20 of last year, 2022, and uh, I was approached by by yeah, people from the ASTEC group, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fund administrator for the private equity industry, which is slightly different to what I was doing before because I was dealing with the on on, on the public f- finance market side. Yeah. Asterix, yeah, g- g- being the administrator of of, uh, of of the private equity fund managers, basically they deal with a different set set of data, but they 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 have access to this very very important uh, set of data that they thought that they could be beneficial for their clients to have the ability to analyze and uh, again at the end of the day basically understand how to. How to get insights and actions from from their data? Hmm. They wanted to start. They wanted to start this process, and they had identified uh, a couple of initial products that they wanted to launch. And yeah, but but, but basically, they realized that yeah, they they, they it, yeah that they need to create a new team, a new group, and a new company outside of their of, of their organization that was able to do it in 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 a much faster way. So pretty much like a, a corporate startup. Mm-hmm. When I when I was approached and I, I realized the the importance mm-hmm. importance of the of the industry and, and how many of the tools that we have seen in different industries could be applied to that one. I I I thought that this could become a great and tremendous opportunity. And I decided to join this group. So we started actually lantern in uh, around uh February of Lantern project uh, around February of 22. Basically, the name already had been chosen by, by, yeah, by February 22. And in February 22, we also decided to call it like lantern AI. But at the time when we did, when we had our brain, uh, our brain, uh brainstorm and and discussions Mm -hmm. when we when we chose ai we meant it to be more like augmented intelligence because our goal was to show to people okay well ai as is now thought is 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 this more of this uh, artificial general intelligence of someone where you can ask and it's going to do anything yep but we were thinking more of the augmented intelligence in the sense that you have humans, human, these humans need help, and we can have all these tools that will be able to expand the abilities of this human, like a, like a like an exoskeleton that allow people to yeah 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 to lift uh, very very heavy things and this kind of stuff to be more productive in a in in a, in a way. So this is that was our thought. We were in in stealth mode for a, a period of time. Basically, yeah, first, uh, yeah, first, starting the the, the ERC company, then the UK company. Uh, we decided to start with two very specific specific products for our clients, <coughs> which are fun, which are fund managers. And basically, we we developed a fund monitoring tool and a, a, and a portfolio monitoring tool, something that allows the the our clients to pretty much look at the data that in in a very user-friendly way that they already have available from Aztec if they're Aztec clients if they're not we can onboard the data and to gather data around the portfolio companies again in 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 a much more uh, user-friendly way etc and we, we started with these products, because we we, we had identified that these products were the ones that w- that have been requested by our clients uh, from the beginning as being the most useful. But while we are using those uh, as the as the rear uh, we call the rear view kind of uh, tools, we are also working very we're w- working in developing all these. Front, yeah, front end and and forward looking tools. So now that we have access, now that we allow the clients to see their data in in in, in a user friendly way, the other thing that we're doing is that we're making sure that we're connecting their data to multiple and heterogene, heterogeneous heterogeneous sets of data, so that they can start to build a much higher and dense mosaic of their of their data and uh, in, in this sense what we're doing right now is not not we're not only just connecting what they already have but we're also connecting to alter all other data sets alternative data sets i mean things ranging from yeah from companies house data open corporates uh we you know, were working in, in adding things the connections to yeah to, to to SP, public market, et cetera. So we are we are becoming this half of alternative uh, data, data points that simply connect to their data and then they're able to display uh, the, yeah, the 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 world view of, of of their investments into into one 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 single place this, this on, on one hand on obviously while we were doing all of this we basically we we started to look at the uh all the explosion of of, of ai uh commercial models that is out there and we started to get more ideas on how to uh, use them for for our systems yeah and we have developed a, a, quite a few tools that are, are are good at taking uh Data, for instance, from from new services and mapping that into into what's going on into the into in, into the public companies. I mean, this is something that is, is 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 pretty well used already in for public market companies because they have all these services to get, uh, yeah, 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 to get, to get the financial impact of news on, on of public need news on the on public companies but yeah this is something yeah something that we are taking from this yeah the public market side and we're bringing it to the private equity side because yeah we now that you have access to tools like uh Ch- yeah like chat for instance yeah, you can use that to yeah to create yeah to create these uh yeah yeah these tools as well very yeah in a very easy way, but also on, on the other hand, it has to be in, in a very robust and secure way, which is where we are with some okay. of the data that we're adding.
0: Nice, oh, it's good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, thanks. Sir. As an AVI, that's really, really interesting insight. And uh, what I what I love from, I guess, your background and, and, you know, now you're in this position that you're in with Lantern AI. It'd be very difficult to think of anybody that would be better suited and better qualified for this particular venture than than you with your background of obviously having been in academia, you know, get your PhD and then amassed a wealth of real-world commercial experience in the finance space, and then been intrigued and interested about the advances of, of kind of data and AI and sort of made you go back towards the research side. And it sort of feels like you've been swimming it between the two lanes for a while and and it feels like this opportunity now is kind of the amalgamation really of all of your experience kind of drawn together um and uh yeah your your sort of curious mindset um i suppose uh, combined with your knowledge you know your excellent knowledge of the finance space um yeah it must, must be kind of a a perfect storm really for your experience in terms of uh, of the challenge that you're you're undertaking at the moment So it'd be great. It'd be great to understand, I suppose, with this kind of platform that you're you're building. um, What are the what have been kind of the unique challenges, um, you know, within the sort of private markets? And um, yeah, what what sort of things have uh, have you encountered, I suppose, challenges along the way when building this kind of platform? Yes,
1: yes. So I I mean, yes, yeah. The very, very first challenge challenge is is basically many times it's it's not the technical side but rather the making sure that we keep our client's data completely secure
0: yeah yeah i bet
1: this is yeah this is again this is the main priority all all of our clients data has to be completely secure it has to be in in an environment that is unhackable that 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 that, that, that that's completely secure and basically that that by itself it it limits technically what tools can you be can you use at, at every single time. So there, there has to be a very strong process of determination of whether some tools can be brought or not into yeah. into the into the secure environment. Uh, and this particular, for instance, is, is something extremely important. If you we are not using ChatGPT at the moment for our for our uh, Client data, because at because at the moment we yeah we're still waiting for the process of being approved by Microsoft to be to to allow us to have a a completely encrypted version of ChatGPT. At the moment, yeah, there, there are different layers of dp For instance, one 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 of them, yeah, if you all use the free version, basically, as everybody knows, if it's free, basically, it means you are the product. So if you free one, it means that all the data you you are given to them is 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 uh, they can use it for, for anything. So first, yeah, this is a big no no for us. We we make sure that everyone is aware that they, they, they should not be entering any kind of uh, any kind of proprietary information into into shared ATP in this Absolutely. way. Another, another,
0: another Samsung.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah so yeah so there's another layer but basically where you you can have access to a a, a pain version that has that only has a a trust and safety uh released by microsoft so basically they will only access your data if they, if they believe that you are uh that you are that you might be using it for malicious purposes yeah even that one is not good enough for our clients, so we're just waiting for the fully encrypted one. Basically, yeah, to to go through that, you have to go through a very strict betting process from Microsoft. So, and we're happy to do that because uh, we want we, we, we to make sure that our clients are fully assured that we're not, uh, yeah, we're not just sending their data to, to, yeah, to yeah to different places. So yeah. that actually becomes the yeah the biggest challenge. So it's, it's not a technical challenge; it's not whether we can use this or that technique where we can connect to, to, yeah, to this or that data source It's basically just making sure that we, that, uh, that we do the best to, to, to safeguard the, the data that, that we have been entrusted. Mm-hmm. Also, similar way that, that we do the best to, to make sure that all the data, all the alternative data sources that we gather come from, yeah, from, from lawful processes so there is there, there should be yeah and this is something that yeah, some AI AI companies are suffering now basically where they train their systems with the data that that has some copyright etc so we may should sure, so we make sure that every alternative data data source that we have basically is uh, fully vetted and has no copyright issues so in a sense that those become the our largest uh, our our biggest concerns to make sure that we always follow the 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 correct path and then it's 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 only after that that we we, we can we have to see which selection of tools can be used in a secure environment mm. on the yeah on the development team we, we 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 as long as it's completely segregated from from the client data we are able to get to go in a much faster pace so we have a set of a set of uh tools or demos that we think we are going to be passed through the production side but we but basically yeah we, we need to make sure that all this process is done in 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 in, in the most uh robust and, and safe way
0: yeah yeah absolutely i can imagine the uh yeah, the the security and the data privacy element of things is absolutely key. Uh, you know, with this this kind of platform, but it sounds like yeah, you've clearly taking a very robust approach to it. And uh, I guess on the other side of that, once you kind of have the you know the fully encrypted uh, solution, and you know you sort of make sure you're really ticking all of those boxes from a, a data privacy standpoint. Um, what are you most excited about in terms of uh, I guess the evolution of of data science and AI in the last few years. You know what are you what are you most excited about in terms of an opportunity as to how you can use that with the platform? You know what sort of what sort of things are you really looking forward to and excited to to build and integrate into the platform? Yes, well, one of the things I'm really
1: more, the more excited about is basically this ability that Shaded and other Large language models have to translate between domains, and mm. um, this is where I really think has a huge potential. Is the ability to translate between natural language into code, and uh, that that's, that has huge implications. Because at the moment, as you can see, there there tends to be this bottleneck where you have uh, people on the business side that have questions. Then you have the data on the, on the other side, and the bottlenecks tend to be the data science, basically the person who's able to take the natural language query and say, okay, well, I, I'm gonna convert that into an SQL query. And usually, yeah, and usually this is, yeah, this tends to be a big bottleneck. Usually the time of the data science is, is very limited and people just keep adding more and more human translators. But basically, if designed correctly, you, 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 yeah, you need to be, do a fair amount of a prompt engineering, but if designed correctly, basically you can create systems that are able to translate the business language queries automatically into, into whatever, and then again with the correct safeguards to make sure that there is no uh, code injection, malicious code injection, et cetera, which yeah. Yeah, requires a, a, a fair amount of overhead, basically with the current safeguard. But then you can allow the the business side to ask the questions directly of the data, and this is where I think questions you can ask questions you can uh, they can ask to create generate uh, tables etc. And um, I've and and this is where I find that. that it, yeah, where I'm really excited because you can you can generate uh, you can pretty much increase the productivity of the data science uh, by a factor of ten, something like that. Mm. So basically, not only you, you allow the yeah the business people to connect directly to the to the data, but also the data science increases their productivity by 10 times and if everything is, is incorrectly basically yeah, you can you can start to yeah to improve everybody's productivity by a factor of of 10. this is yeah so, some of the things that are really exciting and i have to point out that this translation this is where i, I believe that we there is uh, the least risk where where Generative AI tends to be flawed. is more in when people try to open, generate new questions and they try to generate new ideas because this is where the systems then tend to pretty much hallucinate and create new new facts and, and new things that can be wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, and, and this is the part of, of the data science where they have to make sure that the the questions that are done to the to the large language model are more as a sense of translation between one domain to the other where there is le- there's still a risk that they're going to invent some some bits or, or that the, or the that the translation is is not done in a in a fully accurate way just like Google Translate doesn't translate complete you know, on a hundred percent basis so uh, from one language to the other but as we we have seen i mean google translate has become extremely powerful nowadays so it's, it's going to be the same for for ai so this is so the ability to translate from one domain to the other is, is the one that really excites me
0: yeah yeah i can definitely uh yeah, definitely understand that and just just Sort of hearing you talk through there, it just it feels like the the possibilities are almost endless in terms of where you could go with it, and and obviously where you could take the platform, which I guess is the exciting part of it, really. But uh, but no, that all sounds amazing, and um, I think I can definitely see the gap in the market for for lantern and and the product, and it seems like a really exciting uh, venture that you're uh, embarking upon. Um, and obviously, it's still very early days, right? And already we're sort of talking about the the roadmap of the product and where it can go so uh yeah it feels like an incredibly exciting time for you um, and for the business um let's talk a little bit about you and your your leadership style because i guess like you said you, you've uh you know you've come from ac- academic background you've um, been very successful in the financial world you've then sort of gone more into a data leadership position uh but clearly you'll have a a wealth of different perspective from different domains that have probably shaped you as a, a, a tech professional and, and leader over your career. Um, so interested to understand in the position you're in now as head of data science, what do you feel are some of the most valuable qualities uh, that you can possess as a as a tech and, and data leader?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, to, to be a senior leader, I from my perspective, I, I think the most important thing is to understand the business. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, everyone should be aware, okay, well, the purpose of a company is just to, yeah, 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 to provide dividends to the yeah to the shareholders. Yeah. Either or to be able to invest those dividends in, in a in, in a superior way to the market so so that the so that the shareholders are able to get capital gains. So once you understand that this is the whole purpose of, of, of the company, then you have to always understand how to allow the, yeah, allow the rest of the, the teams to be able to in, increase yeah in, increase their profits. If you have that in mind, then you understand that all the analysis you're doing pretty much has to be geared towards solving those, the problems that the front end people have. And you have to make sure that you, you are able to use any technique. I mean, it can range from a very simple one. It can be just a linear regression, to very complex ones like um, yeah, like uh, p But you always have to keep an open mind on, on the on, on the technique. One of the biggest problems are people who are come from academia who have been trained in, who have worked a lot in, in a very specific area, and uh, because they yeah they, they they yeah well they they there is this uh, kind of. a, it, Believe that you have to use what you learned. Yeah, and they they try to apply it into into a business and say, okay, well, because I learned, uh, yeah, let's say quantum mechanic mechanics, and I, I need to make sure that I use quantum me- mechanics into and apply that to try to forecast uh, the price of of this this and that, and they might fall into this trap of trying to use this technique, which may not be the the best one, when sometimes just a linear Regression could have worked better than what they have, yeah. and uh, and they might uh, just uh, not be able to deliver the best, the yeah, yeah, the yeah, the best uh, service to to their companies. So having a full understanding of what of, of the industry and what not only what uh, what the industry is doing, but also looking at making sure that you understand commercially what all the competitors are doing. And this is, again, this is something that when you're, when, when, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always looking to see what the competitors are doing. Mm-hmm. Again, one of the main risks on the startup industry, one of the main red flags is when a company tells you, okay, well, we have no competitors, we're, we're unique. That usually signals that there is no market. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So if there are competitors, that means that no no one is selling anything there. Yeah, always better to have competitors because that signals that yes, the, the the there is a market for that product. Therefore, and if you can improve on that, then you, you you'll make sure that you will get something.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a really, really great point. Um, well, two two great points there. I think you're, uh, and I couldn't agree more. I think you know one of the things I look at over my fifteen years of recruitment of when people are sort of making that transition into more senior positions it is that kind of more helicopter overview of of actually what's like say spotting the business problem understanding the business problem and then sort of retrospectively thinking of the more, most elegant solution to that problem versus you know the more junior level where people like say have have developed a particular skill set or a particular toolkit or a certain technique and then like say just trying to apply that in every single every single guys moving forward so I think it's that level of kind of Pragmatism of you know that such is this the right the best tool for the job and is it the right solution that um, you know I see as one of the key things really of moving into you know more senior uh, senior positions, um, so yeah I think that's a, a very very good point. Um, okay, awesome. Well, I think, um, Ronnie, I think it's been fantastic chat today. Really enjoyed uh, hearing more about your uh, your role at um, Lantern and uh, the, about the platform. And uh, yeah, I can see it going on to be extremely successful and uh achieving great things um but i like to uh sort of draw to a close with every uh, episode that we do by asking our guests for uh their one favorite piece of advice so if there was one one piece of advice that you've been given throughout your career that served you well um that you would pass on to your fellow human um what would that be for you yeah piece of advice that's
1: interesting Yeah, that's a very good, good question. I'm trying to figure
0: out. <laughs> Someone, then, Brooks, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you'll come out with some some magic. <laughs> I, I
1: think probably the one is that that I receive uh, from yeah, yeah 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 from my father is basically it's better to regret having done something. That
0: to regret not having done it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very nice bit of advice that you know transcends industries and uh, and and uh, yeah, domains, doesn't it? And I totally agree with you. I think that you know the the key to success is the way we frame failure. And obviously, you know, do you look at something? Well, I've tried that and it didn't work, and see that as a failure or do you look at it as, well, you know, right, it might not have worked, but I don't regret it because I've actually narrowed down my, you know, my, my focus or I've learnt from it, taken away the key learns from it. And I think you, you're dead right. A lot of people never never take action on lots of things because they're they're worried that it, it might not work out and then they've got to live with that regret. But, you know, but I say, what have you got to lose often by trying it and, you, you know, you take that learning with you. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a, a great... A great way to end the episode and a lovely uh lovely sort of piece of advice. So well nothing else remains but to say thanks again for coming on and being such a great guest. Really enjoyed the chat and uh yeah, let's uh let's definitely we'll get another episode in the diary very soon. Um but um yeah, wish you all the very best with your continued role at um at Lantern and uh yeah, I'm sure you'll go on and achieve bigger and, and better things as uh, as time goes on. Excellent. Well, no,
1: thank you. Thank you, guy.
0: I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, we'll, bye.